This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Suno India show. Dear colleagues and partners, welcome to this inaugural meeting of the WHO UNDESA Technical Advisory Group on COVID-19 Mortality Assessment. This is the address by the World Health Organization's Director General Dr. Tedros in March. The WHO is in the midst of producing estimates for excess deaths caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. And what is excess deaths? It compares the figures before the pandemic during quote-unquote normal times and the deaths during the pandemic. And these include deaths from all causes, not just COVID. Just to clarify again, excess mortality during COVID-19 basically accounts for death that can be directly attributed to the virus as well as the indirect impact, such as the disruption in health services or travel disruptions due to the lockdowns. The WHO found that there have been gaps in the collection of high-quality data on mortality in many countries. The WHO has appointed a Technical Advisory Group, or TAG, on COVID mortality assessment. Gaps in high-quality, timely, and disaggregated data are a major challenge in global health. Earlier this month, WHO published the SCORE Global Report, which shows significant data gaps persist, with 4 in 10 deaths worldwide remaining unregistered and many low-income countries having weak or non-existent civil registration and vital statistics systems. COVID-19 has created an unprecedented demand for this data. While we're all familiar with daily death tolls, total mortality figures are likely far higher. However, the Indian government is pushing back against the release of WHO's excess deaths report, several news reports have said. The global development website, DevEx, published the first story on this on March 30th, And later, the New York Times followed the story. The Indian government published a press release in response. And the release said that the Indian government's basic objection has been quote-unquote with the methodology. And not so much with what the results may have been. This despite much of the research talking about excess deaths. Hi, I'm Menaka Rao, the host of this episode of the Suno India Show. In this episode, we are looking closely at this political controversy between the WHO and the Indian government. I spoke to Amrita Bantia, who first broke this story for DevEx. She is the senior editor at DevEx and writes on global health and global aid. She is based in New Delhi. I asked her to describe the story she wrote on the tussle between the WHO and the Indian government on counting excess deaths. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, WHO quickly realized that we don't really have a sense of how many people are dying because the reports that were being sent from the national governments to the WHO sort of felt like they were, uh, you know, they could have been an undercount because the evidence from the ground and the evidence that different researchers were collecting did not match uh, national government reports, right? And this is not just India. This is globally. It's sort of, um, you know, for different reasons. And one of the main reasons is that it was really hard 
to sort of classify a COVID death as a COVID death, right? Because uh, not all countries uh, sort of, you know, decided that even if someone died at home, even if uh, they didn't die at the hospital where a doctor could actually say this was because of COVID, it would still be classified as a COVID death. Or for example, if someone died um, of other conditions because of the pandemic and because they couldn't get to a hospital on time, that would still be a COVID death. Right. So which is why the WHO sort of uh, decided to come up with this exercise of measuring excess deaths during this period of the pandemic. And the excess deaths would basically be a measure of how many deaths have we had as an addition of the normal deaths that we would usually have, you know, during uh, status quo circumstances. Right. And that uh, has turned out to be quite a controversial exercise uh, and especially here in India because uh, India right now says that our death count is around 500,000 uh, and then you know the WHO numbers are going to be a little I mean you know over four times that it's going to be between four and uh, eight times and that is something that other researchers have also said so in that sense it's not new um, the controversy again uh, is specific to India because you know as we know uh, there is also a sense of oh, we've sort of overcome the pandemic, right? Like there's an overwhelming sense from uh, the government narrative, at least, that we've passed, uh, we've passed that critical stage. You know, we've done really well with uh, vaccination, so we don't really need to talk about deaths anymore. Which uh, is, you know, we all know that that's not sort of how things work because the pandemic is not over yet. We still need to know what the actual impact of the pandemic was in terms of, you know, deaths, but also just on human lives in different forms. So it, to that end, I mean, the Indian government sort of tried really hard to not, uh, I mean, they obviously they don't agree with the COVID-19, the WHO numbers, but they also tried to block the report right they they tried to say no let's not publish this right now let's publish it in a few years from now they actually said let's publish it 10 years from now once you know like we have the actual sort of the the real picture of the pandemic but obviously by then it'll be too late because we're living through a pandemic right now and we don't really know uh what the next few months are going to be like even and then they tried to sort of like contest the methodology. They tried to uh, tell the WHO that, you know, the methods that they were using were not, uh, you know, one, they were not standardized across states and they were not standardized across countries. One of the things that I also heard in my interviews that was that um, India had an issue with the WHO classifying us as a tier two country in terms of the kind of data that was available. I asked Amruta about the tier system for the countries that she was talking about. So the way that the WHO classified countries according to the quality of the data that they have is so they classified them into three tiers. So it was like tier one is for countries that have almost, you know, uh, up-to-date data tier two is for countries who have some up-to-date data but then you know some of it is not quite uh there yet and tier three is again uh some countries in africa where we actually don't have any uh death registration data right so then india had an objection that we were classified as tier two and not tier one because of the quality of our data 
India is in the tier 2 category. The WHO in a fact sheet explained that tier 2 countries are those which do not have complete data and therefore the WHO has to source alternate data sources to complete the data. And this includes sub-national data or state level data. The WHO also clarified that this tier system is neither a classification of the health systems nor a reflection of the public health advancement of the country. This is only linked to the current exercise of finding death related data and what data is made available to the WHO. And you know like some of my sources are like that was such a fake sort of controversy because it doesn't matter like if you have data then you know just give the data but if you don't have the data then you're going to be classified as tier 2 and not tier 1. So there's been all of that uh sort of you know conversation and back and forth between the WHO and the Indian government the WHO now saying that you know what we have the report we're going to publish it and then if you do have objections we're going to note it and uh, but you know this this needs to come out anyway and then to the question of what how the WHO is actually going through uh, collecting this data so what they do have is actual data for, for 18 states Uh, of India which account for 70% of the death Indian journalists from different news organizations such as India Spin the Hindu News Minute NDTV made public the mortality data from different states from the civil registration system from 2020 and 2021 and this data forms the basis of the WHO estimates Rukmini S writes in India Spin Rukmini is a Chennai based independent journalist and she herself has contributed to the unveiling of mortality data from several states the indian government press release however said that this data was unverified the press release also said and i quote india is a country of continental proportions climatic and seasonal changes vary vastly across different states and even within a state and therefore all states have widely varied seasonal patterns thus estimating national level mortality based on these 18 states is statistically unproven and then the problem that india has is the model that the who is building right but then they can sort of have to build the model to standardize it across different countries but the model that is being used for india is only for smaller states which account for 30% of the deaths so according to the who that 30% doesn't really matter as much because we already have the bulk of the data available and it's again come from different sources it's come from uh national registration uh civil registration that we have and it's also come from different sample surveys that you know a lot of researchers have been involved in which is what prabhat jha study uh, also sort of uh came from So now the question is you know does India want to accept the numbers that the WHO is giving or does it want to contest it in any way and the WHO has always also been clear and other independent researchers have also been very clear in saying that if you don't agree with these numbers then give us the actual numbers right but that is also a problem because we know that you know real time data uh, is is slow in India so we are sort of now caught in a bind when the who does release its numbers in the beginning of first week of may is what we're hearing now uh we you know we'll sort of see what uh, the official indian reaction is going to be like the indian government press release also raises concerns on what they call who's one size fits all approach it says and i quote models which are true for smaller countries like tunisia may not be applicable to india with a population of 1.3 billion I asked Amrita about this. 
so you know like i mean i was going through the pib report the one thing that they said was uh, india is saying that the methodology is a one size fits all and uh, i i mean if you understand this better please feel free to uh, you know like then they mentioned tunisia for some reason and how it doesn't sort of work for us and you know basically how the standards for first world countries cannot be used on uh, india is what they seem to say yeah. could you like explain exactly like what they're trying to say and you know what probably your sources are saying about it see i feel like okay maybe there's two parts to this one is that you know there is predictive modeling which sort of you know just looks at say for example the us and then tries to fit that exact kind of criteria to a place like india and there's also uh, so you know modeling which will take the data that we have from our own country from our own states and say that you know if this these are the number of deaths that we've had in these states then it makes sense for a smaller state with slightly different um demographic you know uh figures or slightly different criteria to so have you know uh, plus minus these these kind of numbers right so then that is not happening the who is not saying okay the us has these many debts and that is why india has these many debts and you know they're not using sort of the same mechanism to measure debts for india and tunisia now tunisia is a strange example also because death registration and death data in africa is extremely sort of haphazard and there is you know uh, even the people that i've spoken to the tag members are also sort of uh, you know still kind of fi- trying to figure out how to come up with uh, death estimates for africa so i feel like that tunisia connection almost doesn't make sense at least uh, for the indian context because we do have the data to sort of show um so i feel i mean again the sense that i have got from the people that i have spoken to is that india came to the table not exactly knowing how this system how the study is going to work um, and you know what exactly is being done in the study and they basically came up with a bunch of objections that uh, can sort of be counted as uh, you know almost sort of like top of the line sort of con- uh, objections right and they couldn't really go into the data and go into the methodology because the who literally did open up their process right they said you could send anyone you want and they had a long back and forth but if like even eventually they were not able to sort of figure out uh, a consensus it's such a collaborative exercise they literally said send whoever you want to send to the tag you know uh, take the methodology sort of you know it can be debated back and forth and there's also something to be said about the fact that india is the only country now that is debating it right like they're the only country that actually went to the un statistical commission and said we don't agree with the methodology um i mean it, the report is still is yet to come out and we'll see what happens after that maybe there will be other countries which will also raise objections um but the fact that you know we kind of preempted it in this way and the report was held back because of india's objections and the researchers literally had to you know like make sure that it's watertight which is again a good thing right like even the researchers are not complaining about it as as such really now because they said you know okay because of all these objections we literally went back to the drawing board and we uh, made sure that it's as good as we can make it right now and they also acknowledged that it's a work in progress and as more and more real data becomes available this might change
the something similar happened with the tv report too like in 2016 they sort of came up with an estimate which was much higher than uh, what was known to be indian estimates of tb yeah and uh, it did sort of change the way we looked at tb and you know like the tb program for whatever reasons uh, hmm. they did pour in a lot of money after that and you know hmm. like it sort of um, yeah whether it's better or worse is a question to be had later but 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 there was a lot of resources that were put in so i mean just that's what i was trying to understand that you know why is it important to have what you know like you can use your opinions or you know the ones who you've spoken to that why is it important uh, for us to have this kind of estimate of death count and how does it sort of help us plan better is uh, i mean based on just this controversy like what do you feel Yeah so i mean i feel like you know the tb example is great and i've also heard that from other researchers by the way to be like okay you know the indian government is reacting this way right now but let's wait and see what kind of impact it will have actually on the ground and on the policy right so there's like obviously the rhetoric part that they need to put out now but um, maybe it will have some sort of a positive impact and maybe it will spur some um, conversation right but why we need to know the actual impact of the deaths uh, impact of this pandemic is you know for exactly that reason right because otherwise we're sort of you know playing in the blind and you know sort of playing in the dark and we don't really know uh, what it would take for us and our health system to encounter another one of these right if we if we want to believe that only 500000 people died then you know we'll sort of plan uh, for the next one in with those parameters but then if we know that you know uh, it was actually more than that like three times four times more than that or six times more than that then obviously the planning is going to change accordingly maybe we'll like have to have more hospital beds um, in place and we'll have to have more oxygen uh, supply in place right so a lot of it is also about what it means for us going forward but a part of it is also acknowledging that we failed and i think that's the part that a lot of the researchers a lot of the people within the public health community are struggling with trying to sort of reconcile and trying to understand why don't we want to look, like actually look at what went wrong um acknowledge it and then sort of learn from it so you know that's obviously how that's that's the ideal process uh but we'll sort of see how it works out uh, in 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 the indian context and uh, just to be clear even those tier one places i mean even they will have an estimate which is possibly a little higher than yeah. what they have right it's not yeah. like we are the only country which is getting an estimate it's it's not like that no not at all i mean a lot of the tier one countries will also have will also show excess deaths more than what the countries themselves are reporting there are very few countries a handful where uh, you know the excess death estimates actually goes lower than you know what uh, they have reported also because uh, because of their demographic because of you know uh, the way they handled it some countries really had very strict lockdowns and that sort of brought the death counts down but that is literally a, like a couple a handful of countries and then there have also been other countries right so again india is not the only country where there has been uh, an undercount but countries like peru for example did a massive uh, you know exercise in actually identifying their covid-19 deaths and then came up with 
a number that was way higher than they had actually uh, put out initially. So I feel like that is possible. Countries have done that, but India doesn't want to be one of them yet. Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.